1: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stronger Minds with me, Kimberly Wilson. I'm a chartered practitioner psychologist with a master's degree in nutrition, so I talk about psychology, mental health, food, and everything in between. This month in my newsletter I've been talking about the psychology of love and relationships and shared some data on a new phenomenon affecting Gen Z that I'd like to expand on here in this short episode. So we start with the broad global story which is that marriage is in decline. For the first time ever the proportion of people over the age of 16 in England and Wales who are married has dropped below 50% the marriage rate in the UK has dropped from 80 per 1,000 of the population in 1972 to 17.9 per 1,000 in 2019. Now, this decline has been happening for a long time. It's not enormously surprising, and it's been studied pretty extensively. And some of it has to do with labour. Historically, when women were locked out of or on the margins of the labour market, Marriage was essential for her survival, and separate from the religious connotations, marriage was understood as a contractual agreement between a man and a woman. He would provide financial support in exchange for her homemaking and child-rearing labour. In fact, when state welfare was introduced in the UK, married women were not entitled to benefits because it was understood that they, like their children, were dependents of their husband, Another big social change contributing to the decline in marriage was the introduction of the contraceptive pill. Women who have access to contraception are more likely to attend and graduate from university. And as more educated women entered the workforce and earned their own money, marriage was less important for their financial survival. The decline in religious belief also plays its part. For us in the UK, belief in God has been in steady decline since the 1980s and now sits among the lowest in the world. For the faithful, marriage is the union of two people under God. But when you take God out of the conversation, there's less incentive to wed. And of course, finance plays a part. The average cost of a wedding has risen from £17,300 in 2021 to £20,700 just two years later. As living and housing costs rise, many couples are choosing to put their money into other priorities. So all of these things, and I am sure many others, have been ticking over in the background for a long time. But social researchers have noticed a new, and for them, alarming trend, which they link to declining marriage and birth rates as well. And this is the global ideological divide between Gen Z men and women. Gen Z is the generation born roughly between 1997 and 2010 or 2012, depending on who you ask, and they are the first generation to have grown up with access to the internet, and as you'll hear, this plays a role in their growing divergence from each other. So the general trend in all previous generations is that men and women become more politically progressive over time. And this is measured by asking people questions about things like their acceptance of immigrants, the social role of women and so on. And this shift tends to happen at about the same pace. So while you'll often hear that people become more conservative as they get older on an individual level, the overall trend for the generation tends to be more liberal. And that is to say that 50-year-olds today are more liberal than Victorian 50-year-olds would have been. But this trend in the direction of progressive is dramatically not what is happening in Gen Z. While women are becoming very quickly more progressive, there has been an unexpected and accelerated shift in young men across the globe to more conservative views. And it's causing men and women to move away from one another. And I have a few stats here just to show you what I mean. So this data is from a representative sample of British people published by King's College London. And it found that 68% of young women believe it's harder to be a woman than a man today. While only 35% of young men agree with that statement. So essentially both sexes believe that they are worse off. One in six young men feel that feminism has done more harm than good for society compared to one in 11 women. And 47% of young women believe that the term toxic masculinity is a helpful one compared to 29% of young men. So the question is, how did this happen?
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...
1: But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And some observers have suggested that hashtag MeToo was a pivotal moment in this social divergence. The movement took off online in 2017 when the oldest Gen Zs would have been in their mid to late teens and early 20s. Young women online at that time would have seen A, how abusive men acted with impunity, shielded by their power, and B, how protest and the internet could effectively bring that tumbling down. Young men though at that time will have seen a tidal wave of anger and, in some cases, hatred towards men. And for some, and maybe many men at that time, young men at that time, the social conversation, if presented without nuance about how dangerous and terrible men were, would have been experienced as an assault on their dignity. And this is the part, because into this pain point stepped a handful of male commentators and influencers who not only rejected this idea about a kind of male dangerousness but inverted it, stating instead that women and feminism in particular were the problem. But we also know that misandry and misogyny have existed for a long time, so why should it have precipitated this unprecedented ideological divergence that we're seeing in Gen Z? Well, I mentioned earlier that there was something about Gen Z being digital natives that played a role here. And one observation is that young men and women now exist in separate social spaces. Yes, they may go to school, college, university together, but online, where Gen Z are most likely to encounter political and social ideas and build communities around certain beliefs, ideals and campaigns, they are sexually segregated. Women follow women and men follow men. What this means more broadly is that young women and men are not sharing the same online psychological or social spaces. And in these siloed arenas, whether they are accounts, forums, membership programs, they are talking about each other, but not to each other. Essentially, they organise and socialise in environments in which someone can say all men are assholes," or all women are shallow gold diggers without being challenged. And these, as we know from other data about the development of prejudice, are the perfect conditions for stereotype formation and the reinforcing of in-group bias. And this is what seems to be happening alongside this is evidence of an inability or unwillingness to even engage with minds that differ from their own. For example, in an American survey of 18 to 34 year olds, 54% of women said that they would consider it a red flag for a partner to identify as conservative. Now this could be a problem for a few reasons. One is that, as mentioned, an increasing number of men do identify as conservative now. So just on a statistical basis, you'd be limiting your options. the second is that, and you'll know this if you've been following this month's post on Instagram, political affiliation is not a predictor of either real world attraction or, importantly, relationship quality. But more importantly for me as a psychologist is the fact that there will always be minds that differ from your own. Even people who vote for the same party as you will place different value on certain subjects. And it's engaging with differing ideas and opinions that helps us to improve the quality of our own beliefs and helps to build empathy and understanding. And it's my both personal and professional opinion that if you can't tolerate to be around different minds, to hear opposing opinions, you risk feeling constantly persecuted or at war. That same survey also revealed that 55%, so more than the conservative red flag, 55% of young women said it would be a red flag for them if their partner listened to Joe Rogan's podcast. So Joe Rogan could literally be ruining the love lives of millions of people. Or rather, to be fair to Jo, uh, it's this kind of narrow method of categorising and dismissing whole complex humans based on one fairly, if not innocuous, then ambiguous feature of their behaviour. That could be what's ruining love lives. The broader concern is that there is a growing and accelerating distrust breeding between the men and women of Gen Z. And beyond what this might mean for marriage and birth rates, this kind of hostility, if left unchecked, could become a real problem for social cohesion and addressing the real issues facing this generation. Because in reality, the whole of Gen Z has been screwed over. Wages are stagnant, as is social mobility, there is growing wealth and health inequality, housing is unaffordable, many of them are saddled with huge student debt. Everyone is struggling, but with such divergent political positions, the worry is that they may not be able to come together to create the kind of critical mass required to bring about the change that will improve the conditions for them and subsequent generations. And worse, and I think we've already started to see evidence of this they could end up blaming each other for the problems facing their generation so there is something very odd and quite alarming happening with gen z i'm not sure at this point that i have any useful suggestions it's a fairly new observation from social research I do think we need more brains thinking about these issues and thinking about ways that we reduce the level of separation and kind of denigration of the opposite sex that's happening in in Gen Z and below. If you have any of your own thoughts, ideas or suggestions, it would be great to hear them. Head over to the Instagram post for this episode and you can have your say there. And next week, I'm thinking about... I've got some thoughts about regret so the next podcast could be all about regret but um, that's all I have for today thank you so much for listening and until next time take very good care